Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the last few episodes, napag-usapan natin ang paborito nating parts of Korean culture. There's K-pop, which provides the soundtrack to our days and keeps us motivated. Minsan pa nga, it's what gives us the will to live eh. Just like the album Beautiful Night by Yesong. It's city pop perfection with amazing vocals. And then there's K-drama, which keeps so many of us up all night kakapanood. I just binged Hospital Playlist wholesome overload. And we also have another aspect of Korean culture that we love to binge, food! Glorious food! Mm. Think about it. The queue outside an all-you-can-eat Samgyeopsal place is short, the smoke is thick, and you can almost hear the sizzle of the thin strips of meat as they hit the grill. And finally, we talked about K-beauty, which isn't just for women, but for everyone who takes their skincare and self-care seriously. Cream skin, where you at? In our final episode for this season, we'll revisit an important part of Korean-Filipino relations na minsan sobrang exciting at minsan talagang masalimuot. Yes, Nina. We'll trace the journey behind this moment. 26 seconds away para mabura na ang pangungot ng Korea. Castro, big risk! May rebound the Philippines up by seven. It could be the Philippines winning this game. Yam for three, no! Pinglis with a rebound! And the curse of Korea is about to be broken here inside the Mola Arena! The Philippines is in the finals of the FIBA Asia Championships. What a victory! Gilas Filipinas! I'm Nina Toralba, and once upon a time, I was a figure skater and taekwondo gym. And I'm Marcus Ilian. At Quick Confession, Sometimes, I watch crucial basketball games pag nasa work ako. Welcome to Philippine Nerd Season 1, How Do You Need to Know About K-Life, a podcast on all things K-Culture. Brought to you by Smart. Live your passion with purpose with Smart Prepaid. And powered by Puma Podcast. Let's get nerdy about the Philippines-Korea basketball rivalry. Of course, kakapanalo lang ng Gilas Pilipinas last week against South Korea. We had a young team led by coach Tab Baldwin. And for the first time in eight years, our men's national basketball team broke the so-called Korean curse. They beat the rivals we love to hate, 81-78, to in the FIBA Asia Cup qualifiers. Napanood ba ba ito, Nina? Yes! Nakakastress siyang laro ha. Mula nung nalamangan tayo ng Korea by 17 points in the first half of the game hanggang sa bumawi tayo in the third quarter. And then, when we took the lead in the last few minutes, woo! Diba? And who could forget that shot by SJ Belangel at the buzzer yes, for the yes. win? Yes, Oh my Grabe. gosh. I don't think Filipino basketball fans will forget that shot anytime soon. Belangel, sana masarap ula mo for eight years. <laughs> but for this episode, we'll talk about a feat that seemed unimaginable at the time. For the first time in almost 30 years, our team in 2013 finally beat Korea. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just like last week's game, my home court advantage din tayo. Do you remember 
over that game, Mark. Siyempre naman, Nina. Kung hindi nga lang ako isang pulubing college student nun, <laughs> I would have gone to the Mall of Asia Arena to catch that game live. That was the semifinals of the 2013 FIBA Asia Championship. Grabe, sobrang exciting. And you could see the people on TV, ah, nung nanalo na tayo. Nagtatatalon sila. <laughs> They were hugging each other and crying. But it was a long journey towards that win. And our first guest is here to tell us all about that rough ride. I'm Ray Hoble. I've been in the sports writing business for 22 years. I uh, write a column for Manila Standard every week. I also run the Link Podcast. Ray, when did the rivalry between Korea and the Philippines begin? Let's start just early as the 60s, late 60s pa. At the time, wala pang PBA sa Pilipinas. The Philippine Basketball Association, which is the Men's Professional Basketball League, would actually play its first game a decade later pa. So most of the time, talaga nakakapag-prepare yung Philippine team natin before for major tournaments like this. FIBA Asia Cup, known as uh, Asian Basketball Confederation, tsaka Asian Games. These tournaments, the ABC and the Asian Games, were usually held every two years. And among the earliest games, may panalo tayo. The Philippine team actually won the 1967 ABC Championship against Korea. Partida, Korea pang may home court advantage nun. Here's how Noel Albano described that tournament. Albano co-authored Years of Glory, a book about the Philippines' participation in international basketball. Sabi niya, quote, Nothing came close to it in its sheer drama and joy. Nothing as dramatic as Florencio delivering the team's last four points in a finale in Seoul, where visiting teams, it was once said, lived by the dictum, in Korea, nobody wins except the Koreans. End of quote. And who were the Filipino basketball stars defending the country in these meets? Jaworski was one of those uh, premier players, uh, the late Ed Ocampo, the hero of the 1967 ABC, Danny Florencio, patay na rin yan, Tembong Melencio. During the late 60s, sila sila yun. Freddie Webb, Big Boy Reynoso, patay na rin. Jimmy Mariano is buhay pa rin. Ito yung mga... Parang formative years ng Philippine team, yung mga late 60s, no? all the way to the 70s, o 1969. At kung may heroes tayo, we also have villains. That was the time naman ng 1986. Ang pangalan niya si Lee Chung Hee. Kasi ng time na yan, 1982 pa lang, yung Korean team na yan, nagbibisip na rito sila sa atin. Eh. Sumasali na sila sa mga invitational tournament dito sa PBA. Eh. They are an amateur team, pero may mga tinatalo silang professional teams dito sa atin. No? Lee Chung Hee was the star naman during that time. Here's another name na nababanggit pag pinag-uusapan ang Korean team from the 80s. Shin Dong Pa. Ang star player talaga nila noon was Shin Dong Pa, the dead shot shooter. For many years, yan naman talaga yung nagpapahirap sa Philippines, no? Si Shin Dong Pa kasi, back in those days, wala pang mga three-point shots, eh. Kahit nagaano kalayo yung itira mo, kahit you're going to start from the midcourt, kahit tumira ka doon, makashoot, it is equivalent to two points. So si Shin Dong Pa, ganun siya, ganun siya ka-prolific. Bibigyan mo lang siya ng konting kuwang, and then makakashoot na siya, no? And Shin Dong Pa was the reason Korea had a perfect campaign in the 1969 ABC. 8-0 yung record nila noon. No? And uh, winning all its eight games, including its final match against the Philippines in 1969. Here's another name that's associated with Korean basketball. Hoje. 
he is the record holder for most points in the World Basketball Championship during the 1990 uh, FIBA Asia World Cup. Si Herjay scores na 54 points. Nung uh, late 80s, from the late 80s all the way to uh, the mid 1990s, he was the pain in the neck for the Philippine team. No? Kaya no 1994 Asian Games na nakalaban natin sila, tinalo nila tayo. Herjay was the star player at the time na yan. Si Herjay din yung currently yung coach ng Korea na tumalo sa atin. In 2014 and 2018. So now we've familiarized ourselves with the names of our Filipino heroes and Korean rivals in those early years. Puntahan naman natin yung important matches that happened since the 1960s. So 1967, we won the ABC against Korea. And then, 1969, Korea got back at us and won the ABC. Two years later, in 1971, it was Japan's turn to win. Then, in 1973, we hosted the ABC. Yes! Panalo! Now, aside from the ABC and Asian Games, there were also these more informal meets between the Philippines and Korea. Ray, alam ko merong kang kwento about one of them. Yung visiting uh, Korean team as a guest team in the PBA na para nakipagsuntukan sa isang team which is Toyota against Terry Saldana, 1982. Bakit sila nagkasuntukan? Anong nangyari? Well, ano lang, beat of the moment lang, ganun lang. Other than that, walang pray for all or anything. And who threw the first punch? I think it was Terry Saldana. <laughs> so during the game, nagkainitan. Yes, yes. Siguro frustrations na rin. But Toyota won that game. And that was televised? Yeah, it was televised. Because of that, that deprived his chances of winning the Rookie of the Year award. Four years after that altercation, in 1986, Korea foiled our quest for the crown once again. Seeking revenge lang, kumbaga. Ray, do you remember that tournament? I think ang pinaka, isa sa pinakamasakit dyan, 1986 Asian Games. At that time, we were not yet allowed to field in an all-professional team. 1986, you have Sam Boy Lim, Alan Kaidik, Alvin Patrimonio. Those were our amateur players back then, no? Nung nagkaroon ng Kelsa Revolution, na-scrap national team program. Pero bumuo ulit, may naiwan lang na dalawang players, and that was Sam Boy and Alan Kaidik, and then sina Alvin Patrimonio na yun. During the semifinals game against Korea, we were in the thick of the fight for a gold medal spot. But Alan Kaidik was called for a controversial charging foul against a Korean defender. So nung time na yun, nagreklamo si Alan Kaidik and he was slapped with a technical foul. And that cost us the game. So deprive our chances of making it to the gold medal race nung time na yan. So it was Korea versus China yung naglaban for the gold medal. So, bronze lang ang naiuwi ng koponan natin nun. Sadly. And so, we can see from all these stories, matagal na nating karibal ang Korea. Literally, panahon pa ng mga tatay at lolo natin. Fast forward tayo to the new millennium. Another memorable meet was the 2002 Asian Games in Pusan. We were leading by two points, no? And then Olsen Rosella was fouled. And uncharacteristically, Olsen Rosella, being an efficient shooter that he was, missed two free throws, no? And then napunta sa Korea yung bola. A Korean player dribbled off his foot. And the ball was picked up by his teammate. 
Lee Sang Min took the shot at the buzzer and made the shot. So that broke our hearts. We na, na-deprived din na naman tayo ulit for the gold medal game. South Korea advanced to the gold medal match against uh, China. It would take us almost 40 years to make it back to the world stage after our 1973 ABC win against Korea, which gave us a slot in the 1974 World Championship. Later in this episode, we'll talk about that semifinals match against Korea in the 2013 FIBA Asia Championship, which allowed us to make it to the 2014 FIBA World Cup. But first, let's find out. Why did it take us that long to make it back to the World Championships? When the PBA was created, wala na. Uh, bumaksak na ulit yung Philippine basketball natin sa international competitions kasi yung mga players natin napunta na lahat sa PBA. Eh. And by that time, hindi naman allowed yung mga professional players to play in international basketball competitions until it was allowed in 1989. No? Sabi ni Ray, Korea caused so much heartache for Filipino basketball fans through the years, which was why the Gilas Pilipinas team in 2013 was really focused on getting that win. And for that to happen, they had to know the enemy. Ang distinction kasi ng Korea is not just about the accuracy in shooting But it's how patient they were in terms of running their plays. Hihintayin niya yung mga kalaban na magkamali sa defense and then they will attack. Ganun ka-fluid yung chemistry ng Korea. Kasi nga, very systematic sila how they run the play. With Korea, they rely on ball movement, they rely on screens, they really rely on accuracy on shooting. Each time from the first player, kahit hanggang sa eighth player or ninth player nila, kaya nilang tumira sa labas eh. Agree dyan ang next guest natin. I'm Coach Josh Reyes. Josh has been with the PBA for over a decade now. During the 2013 FIBA Asia match against Korea, he was an assistant coach for his dad. So everybody knows my father, Coach Josh Reyes. When my father used to coach the Ateneo Blue Eagles, I was probably a year old. They've always said that even before I can remember, I was already a basketball mascot sitting on the bench. So coach... What is the Korean national team like? Medyo kontrapelo, as they say, ang Pilipinas sa Korea because they play very different. They're a team composed of a lot of shooters, if not 100% shooters. They spread the floor. They put a lot of shooters in the game. They're not afraid to take a lot of three-point shots. Whereas before, the basketball um, thinking was the safe or sound basketball strategy was you shut down the paint and you give up the three-point shot. And coach, why are the Koreans such excellent shooters? The legend was because Korea, they have a very similar looking jump shot. They keep their elbows in, squared, ball is in front of their forehead. It's a very uncomfortable looking but very efficient shooting form. And the legend was these players like Herjay, when they went to sleep as kids growing up, they went to sleep, they tied their arms, almost tied their elbows together para masanay na ganun yung katawa nila sa pagtira. I've witnessed Korean teams or Korean college teams train and it's hardcore. You know, I don't think it will fly in the Philippines or in the States because there's really physical harm. May mga suntok sa bituka talaga pag hindi nakakasunod yung player. May mga sampal. And it's normal. It's how they coach basketball in Korea. It's exactly how they teach in the military. That's why they are very disciplined because they have a military approach. Grabe, hardcore nga. Corporal punishment talaga. But talk to us about the 2013 Korea team. Ano yung main characteristics nila? Sino yung pinaka-aabangan nyo na makalaban doon? 
it's very hard to single out one player na itigil lang natin itong player na to hindi na sila effective so para they move the ball they lull you to sleep and then shoot a three or they quicken the pace whoever is open unang malilibre tumitira na sila so it's based a lot around a lot of good ball movement minimal dribbling a lot of good passing and cuts and screening but the one player you know that stands out Eric Sandrin. So even during that time, hindi pa uso ang BTS, there was already a semblance of that that every time makakahawak si Eric Sandrin ng bola, ah, natatawa. Oh, Pinoy, lahat, everybody. So yung mga Pilipino, <laughs> ang tinitilian, yung mga Koreano. He's very good looking and everything, and magaling. Yun yung mabigat. And mabait, and he's the one who chats with us, you know. He was very kind because usually the Korean players are just very quiet, masungit. Ang Korean name ni Eric na nakalagay sa jersey, Isong Jun. Ngayon sikat na ang Korean culture, alam na natin na ang tamang bigkas ng LEE na apelido ay E. Pero noong panahon na yun, nagkakagulo ang Filipino fans. Sino ba yung Lee na yun? Sabi nga ng mga Pinoy on social media, puso Pilipinas, pero sana dalawa ang puso ko. Oh, teka, mag-google nga yung itsura niya. Eric Sandrin o Isang Jun. Aba, nagka-billboard pala siya sa EDSA. And if you're listening to this podcast at work, do not look up those photos right now. They're not safe for work. Isipin niyo na lang muna yung mukha niya na parang hahabulin ka niya in slow motion, handang suyuin ka ulit, and then the K-drama theme plays. <laughs> K-drama flashback na, no? Pero mapunta naman tayo sa Gilas, Pilipinas. Coach, how did you build that team? Sino-sino ang mga pinili niyo to be part of it? Being the biggest, strongest will never be our advantage compared to the other teams. So, we started with that. Who are the players that will give these international teams problems? And they were the quick, talented guards in the PBA. We know for a fact that it's almost impossible for any of the FIBA Asia guards to stay in front of Jason Castro. We knew that Jimmy's shooting and range would be a headache for them, not to mention his leadership. We knew that L.A. Tenorio, how he pressures the ball, his savvy, his vision, and not to mention his shiftiness and still quickness, would give uh, international players fits and problems on the court. Believe it or not, we started with that. We started with three players below 5'9". Wow, that's amazing. You would think that we would look just for tall guys, but no. And I'm feeling super represented right now. So we now have Jimmy Alapag, Jason Castro, and L.A. Tinorio on the team. Who did you look for after that? They need people to pass the ball to in the three-point line. They need shooters. So we needed selfless shooters, meaning these shooters will spot up knowing that majority of the time our guards will have the basketball and they should be okay with it. They will defend, they will rebound. We found Jeff Chan, Larry Funasher, and Gary David to fill those roles. To add to that list, we also got the best shooting big man in the league who was Rane Del De Ocampo. And finally, of course, we can't play basketball if we can't get the ball. Defense. So, kung tumirang kalaban, kailangan natin makarebound. So, you got the 6'10", Jun Marfajardo. And then, there's our naturalized player, Marcus Doubthead. Gives us size in the center, a lot of rebounding. And then, we needed versatility that comes with that rebounding. Of course, the next one is Japet Aguilar. He's very athletic. We know that he can keep up at least athleticism and lengthwise. He's 6'10 and can jump out of the gym. We knew that he can keep up with a lot of the international players. And then finally, versatility. We needed players who can defend different positions or different spots on the floor. And in that case, players who can defend and play multiple positions. So we got Mark Pingris and Gabe Norwood. 
Ayan, kumpleto na ang team natin. We were ready for the 2013 FIBA Asia Tournament. They called it 11 days in August. Practice in the morning, play in the evening, coaches stay behind to scout the team they're playing next. It was a rigorous schedule. And it was all unfolding on Philippine soil. Through our television sets, computer screens, car radios, Twitter feeds, and live at the Mall of Asia Arena, we Filipinos were lucky enough to witness one of the most exciting, most exhilarating, most incredible moments of Philippine basketball in recent history. Yes, the Philippines' match against Korea would decide which of the two would go against Iran in the finals. Our mindset was really to get it done and make our way back to the world stage. And we also wanted to break the so-called Korean curse. It was a fantastic basketball game, back and forth, nobody giving an inch, you know, leads were interchanging. But then something happened. In the middle of the game, our best player, our naturalized player, Marcus Dautit, got injured. And when that happened, when he went down, there was a collective gasp in the air. Ah! There goes our chances. When he went out with that injury, it didn't look good at all. And all credit to a couple of players. Mark Pingris has taken over the role of playing inside in the absence of Dalpit, and he has come up with 10 big, big points. The number 15. But our team captain, Jimmy Alapag, rallied the troops. Okay, we lost Marcus, but this is still our moment. This is still our game. And the one mistake Korea did on the second half, and I we noticed this was they started posting up more. Siguro na isip nila, oy na injure yung pinakamalaki nila si Marcus Dautit. So all of a sudden in the second half, I don't know if it was the coach's instruction or it was just instinct because of the situation. All of a sudden, instead of their fast pace moving the baller, all of a sudden you saw a lot of post ups by Eric Sandrin. So automatic with Marcus Dautit and his size advantage gone. May mismatch na between Korea and the Philippines. Kaya si Yi Sung-jun panay ang puesto malapit sa may basket to get those easy points. And they thought that we're dead because we won't have the size to compete with that anymore. They thought they would double team. They were counting on that. Marcus doubted it was down. So they thought, okay, we'll just throw the ball in the post. Let's work there and Philippines will collapse in double team and we will get our three-point shots. We did it. We had so much faith on the tenacity and toughness of Mark Pingris, Ranidel de Ocampo, and Japet Aguilar guarding the post one-on-one, even though they're undersized. Japet not so much, but Ranidel and Mark Pingris for sure were undersized. So they used their feet, their usual wits. Yung, yung, yung gulang sa, sa kanto, denying the ball, kung hawak dito. So they were waiting and waiting for us to help, but it wasn't coming. And all of a sudden, in their possession, they get deep into their shot lock and they end up shooting a bad shot. And the thing is, when you attempt a bad shot against that squad, against that Gila squad, we were fast as hell. Ang bilis namin. Basta makuha namin yung rebounds. Ang bilis namin, we were gone. We were running, passing the ball, being dynamic on the basketball floor, being very, very um, entertaining. So even though we were smaller by playing Ranidel at center, Pingris at center, Gabe Norwell at power forward, we knew that we were stopping their number one weapon. That's their ball movement, quickness, and outside shooting. And then we just competed inside. So it's like, it's just a matter of fact or not. But we had the system of helping only when necessary, but not as a default. And of course, how can we forget the blur? 
Jason Castro. We made big shots. Jason Castro had a lot of crucial drives. Man, he was just finishing the ball over the trees or just driving. He's the blur, driving at lightning speed and then passing the ball to Japet for a dunk. Kapag sinabing gilas win over Korea, what usually comes to mind is this iconic moment that happened with less than one minute left in the game. It was Jimmy Alapag hitting the dagger three-pointer off a ball screen. It was a crucial moment because aside from it being the dying minutes of the game, if Jimmy missed it, the momentum would have swung to Korea's favor. And before Jimmy made the shot, we were up only by two points. So rewind tayo ng onte. Before Jimmy made this three-pointer, there was another crucial play. He had passed, passed the, ball. the ball to a very tired Radidel de Ocampo and shot a three-point shot that, kumbaga, that shot required a lot of balls. If Radidel de Ocampo did not make that three-point shot, we would have been really in trouble. Thanks to RDO, we were up by four points with only one minute and 31 seconds on the clock. Then Korea was able to score, trimming down our lead by two points. Then, Jimmy's three-pointer happened. And of course, Jimmy made another shot to put us up further. And then the defensive stops of Gabe Norwood. He had the block against their best player. You know, he got switched onto that guy at the crucial block. And it ended up with Gabe Norwood blocking that crucial three-point shot. We were milking the clock. Tapos, nag-drive si Jason Castro. He missed the shot, but he was able to attract the attention of the Koreans. And this allowed Mark Pingris to get the offensive rebound and a wide-open put-back basket. Seven points na ang lead natin by this time. Korea attempted to make another basket, but failed. And Jason Castro just held on to the ball until the buzzer. You know, you see the players jumping, crying. May iconic scene nga na sa press conference. Hindi makasilita si Ranidel at si Mark Pingris dahil iyak sila ng iyak. Jimmy, you know, there was Larry pounding the floor and, and pointing to the sky. I know I tried to pull my father to shake the hands of the Korean head coach. Pero hindi pa kasi nga, ano ba siya, he was double down in tears with our manager, Butch Antonio. So, yung utak ko parang hindi pa nagsake in. Ako pa yung naghatak to give these handshakes. For the first time in almost 40 years, we were back on the international stage. Hindi natin nakuha ang gold medal. But we did get the silver, as well as the chance to play in the 2014 FIBA World Cup in Spain. But since then, Korea has again beaten our national team a number of times. Have we Filipinos done anything to emulate them? Ray? Siguro yung philosophy ng Korea in terms of continuity, yun yun dapat eh. Kasi with Korea, parang halos wala silang binabago. They change players, pero hindi yung they change it over, parang mag-overhaul ka, no? They change it gradually, and then the system looks pretty 
much the same. It's the same ball movement that you see every now and then sa kanila, regardless of kung sino mang coach yung nag-handle niya. With us, sa Philippines, wala tayo laging continuity kasi palit tayo ng palit ng coach. Eh, tayo naman. Have we influenced Korea in any way? Probably, kung meron man, siguro yung naturalizing players. Mukhang sa atin na nila yan nakuha eh. We were the ones who started it back in the early 80s. Kaya nga na naturalized na nila si Ricardo Ratley, a PBA import. Na bago napunta sa Korea, dito muna siya naglalaro. So where do we see this rivalry going? Lumalaki ba yung chances of us beating Korea more often? Coach Josh, ano bang masasabi mo rito? If and when we play Korea, number one, will we have a complete roster, meaning all the players that our national team coach wanted? And number two, will we be prepared sufficiently? Because if you check those two boxes, you know, I believe that we're on even ground against Korea. And while we look to Korea and other successful national teams for best practices, it's important to stay true to ourselves. Diba, coach? So it's just about identifying what will work best for your team. What you don't want to be is an inferior version of something. For Filipino basketball fans, South Korea is the rival we love to hate. We marvel at their skill and precision. And yes, also their cute players. And see their sports program's best practices that we can emulate. But competing with them has also allowed us to see our strengths as a Filipino squad. It has also given us, as spectators, some pretty wonderful moments to watch and revisit time and time again. Once again, I'm Nina Toralba. Hindi man pang basketball ang height ko, I will always be cheering for our players, Mapa Philippines versus Korea, or our exceptional women's basketball teams. And I'm Mark Casillan. At sana yung next Philippines versus Korea game ay hindi na tumaon sa work hours ko. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in nerding out about Korean culture in the Philippines on Philippine Nerd Season 1. How, How you need, need to know, know about, about K-Life? It's fascinating that there's so much government funding and innovation that goes into making Korean culture influential all over the world. I'd love for us to get more of this kind of support for Filipino culture as well because we deserve it. Yes, and we can totally see that happening. We've learned this season that Korea and the Philippines have so much in common. Let's continue to support both Korean and Philippine culture. Follow Philippine Nerds on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to like Smart Communications Inc. on Facebook and follow at LiveSmart on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast was brought to you by Smart. Live your passion with purpose with Smart Prepaid. Follow Philippine Nerds on smart.com.ph slash prepaid. And powered by Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by Trisha Aquino with an assist from Nico Balante and Siege Tantenko. It was edited by me, Nina Toralba. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.